I'm sitting here today with a wonderful lady called Emma Kane, who I met because we both have an interest in supporting a wonderful charity called Ovarian Cancer, Target Ovarian. And I thought I would ask her to have a chat about what she does in her life and how we can take ovarian cancer forward and support it more. So, hello Emma, thank you so much for coming in to see me. I know you've just got off a plane from New York and you can't see her, but she looks amazing. <laughs> Lady Carnarvon, it's great to be here and what a wonderful setting for our chat today here at Highclere Castle. Thank you for having me. I know. Now, you first rocked up here before COVID times because we were going to have a fundraiser, which I hope we can do in the future, That's right. here at the castle to raise the profile and alert people to ovarian cancer and, and the solutions and the, the better stories out of it. And it seems a different world as it is. <laughs> it does, but we feel like we're sort of emerging from it now and, and ready to, to, to start again, I hope, and put, as you say, ovarian cancer firmly on the map. So I'm delighted to be here talking about it today. In the interim, I met through you a lovely lady called Judy Kramer. That's right. Who is Mamma Mia. I love that film. Oh, it just, it just lifts one so strongly. So the, the idea was also to perhaps, with her help, put on some sort of event here at iClear in the future, kind of trending Downton Abbey and Mamma Mia and seeing what we could do to, to raise some Absolutely. More money. I mean, Judy is the uh, brains behind and the creator of Mamma Mia, the, the musical, and we're very lucky that she's a huge supporter of Target Ovarian Cancer and lots of the proceeds from the show come to the charity, so in terms of the T-shirt sales and so on. So uh, we actually met her at Windsor Castle, didn't we? And we meet in all the best, all we the best places. We do. It was a wonderful reception, actually. I met some great people there, and it was just a joy. It was outside in the gardens behind the tower, and it didn't rain. It was a lovely evening, brilliantly organised by yourselves. So can I ask you, how did you first get involved in Target Ovarian? Target Ovarian Cancer approached me about seven years ago, I think. Um, they were looking for someone to join the board with fundraising and communications experience. They didn't at that time know that I had, a, sadly, experience of ovarian cancer um, in that my stepchildren lost their mother, Heather Ash, to ovarian cancer when she was just 52 years old. So whilst I sort of have always tried to be very careful about the things I do and don't get involved with, this was one that I, I definitely couldn't say no to. So uh, that, was, that was my involvement there. And sadly, since then, I have two other friends who have lost their lives to ovarian cancer. That has put an extra spring in my step to do everything I can to make sure that everybody out there, not just the women, but men as well matter, because they also will see their partners, children and so on with symptoms and, and if people just ask could it be ovarian cancer that's a great step towards us you know, taking great strides here to end the problem. Yes it is a harder one to diagnose it's always called the silent killer which is which never... it isn't that's one of the things we try really hard to make sure people know it isn't silent. There are four key signs one is persistent bloating that's not just after sort of a dinner and having had one too many naan breads or something this is you know if you are regularly regularly feeling persistently bloated or feeling full quickly or just really losing your appetite, tummy pain, 
and then needing to wee more urgently and more often. Obviously, these are symptoms that we can all have individually and, and occasionally, but if there is a pattern and if you start to, to feel that, you might want to keep a, a sort of a diary and, and just note and then think. We had uh, one of our um, great supporters, we got a photograph of her holding up her underwear. She'd gone into an enormous size of underwear, but she was very slim everywhere else. And she just thought it was, you know, the menopause and sort of, uh, and so on. And this was the bloating. And there can also be familial links as well. So, and it doesn't just come down the, this is the BRCA gene mutation, doesn't just come down the, the female line. If people have fathers who have had, for example, um, prostate cancer and so on, there can be links there. So all knowing our, our family history wherever possible and also watching out for the signs means that if you can diagnose it early, then the, the outcome can be so much better. It's the same for everything in life, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Just knowing a little bit more. And I think when you came and saw me, you didn't know that my mother had died of ovarian cancer, that's right. did you? No. So for I and my sisters, my our mother was 62 and she left six children and my youngest sisters were not very old and it was quite quick from diagnosis to death. And it doesn't have to be like that, but in our case it was. And, it's, and sadly our father had already died so so we lost both parents in both cases to cancers it's taken us some time to come around to thinking of what you can actually do in a positive fashion for something that left us feeling tragic and about to cry whenever we thought about it but it yeah. it is good to try and turn it round and think how you can make a difference and put your hand up and say well this is what you need to look after and look for and and how we can have a much better prognosis today than when my mum died. It was good actually and I think for my sisters we after a while we then having thought we were going to get cancer every day because our parents had died we started becoming more normal and trying to get ourselves tested you yes. know for the BRCA gene and yep. things like that and I remember the the wonderful doctors at Reading actually which is local to me felt so sorry for me they whisked me in straight away which was very kind to just to understand where my history was mm-hmm. so and then we keep a a kind of a record between all six of us just to see where it goes. But and, and that family support is, is mm. so important to, to have each other sort of in that way, sort of sharing that, that, that issue as well, I think. It's very good it. to share and to talk about mm. it and then to put it out when it's not going to make us all cry. Having said that, another wonderful lady, a wonderful friend of mine, has also been big diagnosed with it. and But she's going through treatment, God willing, recover, and continue living very well. But again, her husband is utterly devastated. He adores her. He's a wonderful man. And it affects the whole family. But that, And that's a point really well made yes. in terms of the whole family. And our the Target Ovarian support line is there not just for the women who are affected, but also the whole family and can phone in confidence. So that... Because I think one of the things is when you do get a diagnosis, you're, you're hit by the information and... That, and and what this means to your life and so on, but you don't necessarily hear all the detail and understand it all. And after you've sat down and thought about it for a while, you, you've got so many questions. And so it's fully trained nurses who are there to talk to people 
in confidence. So your friend would be, and her husband would be very well. It's all free and totally confidential. So it's, they can get the details on the website. But I think that the impact on the family cannot be underestimated. No, she's such a beautiful woman, absolutely lovely. So I'm sure she'll come out the other side. So she's, we're just talking about hair loss, and things yes, like that, yes. which is... Very boring. But again, some of my, all my friends have been through the cancers. Luckily, they've all made it through. So you have to be positive and glass half full. And then part of it is just thinking how we can put some, create an event here at some point, I hope, which is uplifting and inspirational, raise a bit of money. And again, puts the information about ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. out. So it's looked at, isn't so frightening. I think things which are, dark and scary can be quite frightening. It's about turning the light on and dealing with it. Absolutely. And then you come to a resolution. And that dealing with it point is just, just making sure that people know the symptoms and get checked early. I think one of the other key things to highlight is that women who have smear tests regularly possibly think that they're covered because they're doing it. And a smear test does not pick up ovarian cancer. There's so, another one I was told about which was CA125, is that right. correct? That's right, that's a blood test, yes. That's the blood test. Yeah. Now is that easily available to people? If every person went and asked for one then, then, it, then it probably isn't but if you have, you have reasons such as a you know, family concern or you've got these symptoms and you say I want to make sure that it isn't then I'm sure that GP, I mean GPs, there are 41,000 people in the UK at the moment living with ovarian cancer and 11 women die every day Sorry for all these statistics, but it's about 1 in 50 women will in their lifetime get an ovarian cancer diagnosis. So it's not very common, but it's also not so rare. But GPs don't see a huge amount of it, so you have to ask the questions always. They're not being negligent and not looking out for it. It's just that it's one of the rarer things to... um, So if people are feeling, with the symptoms you've described, asking for a CA125 test would be thoroughly sensible. Absolutely, absolutely. But Emma, um, you're an extraordinary lady in your background, an amazing business lady. You've come in from New York where you tell me you've been buying a business. <laughs> so what's the other side of you? Because I'm sure you're inspirational to many people listening today. And I think you're in the communication business. I am. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Well, my whole life really is about trying to help people tell their stories and, and the same in the charity world, the things I get involved with. And so, yes, I help companies and organisations to build their brands and protect their reputations. And I know that's something that you too are very passionate about as an expert. <laughs> you were saying to me, I don't you, know. <laughs> you, um, you give talks in America about the same topic. So, um, and certainly, I mean, this is the greatest example here at High Clear Castle of a great brand and a, and a fabulous reputation you have. So are most of your clients based in this country? You've got a British, London-based Actually, company. Actually, we've got, we're in across five continents oh, now. Are you? So yes, wow. 43 offices, 840 people. Listen to me, lots of numbers today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a great gang. And we just try and help people create positive change. I mean, change for their, positive change for their employees, for their shareholders, you know, for their customers, all those different audiences that need to be communicated with consistent messaging, but with slightly different ways of telling those stories. And and it's a really exciting world to be in for me. And I've been in this career since the mid 80s, since 1986, and it's changed enormously with um, social media. I mean, I know, again, Heiko Castle has the most incredible following on Instagram. So well, no. uh, I'm, a, I'm a follower too, and I was enjoying seeing you lying on the floor with the, um, the dogs. <laughs> Looking at the ceiling, I think. Yes, I was. was 
And then what was so funny was Stella came and lay on the floor with her legs up next door, which just I didn't see until I'd seen the video. It was so funny. But I've often thought, I, in this case, I was trying to video the music room ceiling. Yes. And, you know, otherwise you get a crick in your neck looking up at it. So I thought I would lie down on mm -hmm. the floor to do it, which seems a very sensible way to go. But And then the dogs thought they would do so as well. It is a beautiful ceiling and it's trying to share some of the moments in my life which I think give me moments apart because the rest of it, like everyone else, is about admin computers, mm -hmm. working with people, managing people, going on to the next event. But some of those little moments of observing and looking and thinking, how beautiful is that, are, are so precious. And what's been very happy making for me is particularly during the last two years, I start and end my day outside if I can, walking round through the gardens with the dogs under the trees and try to share and capture some of those moments, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, and they are so important. It's that moment of a sense of a haven of walking with barefoot across the lawn, which I think is so important and nothing makes me happier than when I see people doing the same thing Absolutely. because it, it roots you a little bit and I think that also helps you deal with the challenges of life and it's been heartening that people message me saying thank you and how much they enjoy it. And there's another friend of mine who also went through cancer of a related one to a variant. And she found that sitting down here under a tree, pottering for 10, 20 yards, because she wasn't feeling that strong, yeah. really helped her. Mm. It's sort of the atmosphere, I think, under trees and around plants and in nature is tremendously healing and helpful. Absolutely. Really I mean, I think we're everybody is very busy I mean it's not just in terms of people's professional lives and families but just we but there's there's so much information I mean I think it's one of the reasons that podcasts and audiobooks do so well because people's eyes are so tired now from permanently looking at screens and needing that time out from that and so I think it's a it's great advice to just to try and take a few moments every day just to whether it's looking up at the ceiling or feeling the grass under your feet, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a top tip, that one. It is quite good. Funny enough, I don't have any notifications on my phone, ah. so I don't keep looking at it. I try to do it in tranches mm -hmm. rather than have this thing beeping at you yeah. the whole time, which I also think is quite good because you, you don't necessarily have any thought process mm -hmm. because every time you had a thought, you've lost your thought because the phone beeped at you or something. That's so true. So I sort of try to do it in, you know, three times a day to look at it and consider it rather than all the time. Very good. Note but to self. Let's try that. I don't um, know. <laughs> but, but I think this thing, this thing as well as you talk about your, your, your friends taking that time out to do it. And I think uh, certainly in terms of some of the events that we do, the sort of being together events that we do at Target Ovarian Cancer in terms of bringing women together to do yoga and, and, and some of those things that are so important for the soul because I think otherwise it's about doctors and hospitals and hair loss and and, and you lose the, the sense of yourself so I think it's very important to to get support and talk to other people and and enjoy just some of those those things that just really make you feel better like so again. with target of mm. what are the goals coming forward into the next couple of years mm -hmm. what are the main goals you're setting out to achieve around education so yeah. really focusing on um, raising awareness of the symptoms and the support and everything that's available uh, research it's very very important important that we find better treatments for women to, to get better outcomes. And so we fund ovarian cancer research, which is another important side. And then support, so making sure that our nurse-led 
helplines are there. We have now significantly increased the, the specialist team leading those, which we're very proud of. Another work we do is, for example, with GPs. As I say, it's not something they see every day. So we provide modules that are part of their professional development and training, which we, uh, you know, do through their the platforms that they use and so we've changed i think it's 66 percent of all the gps now it's probably actually gone up even more since then but we're, we're, we're very pleased to be really helping make sure early diagnosis is what it's all about yeah. so that that's the, the target and and um we uh, raise around three and a half million pounds a year at the moment and we'd very much like to get that to to five million over the next three years we're on track but obviously there are horrendous things going the ukraine war is is obviously something that is is rightly taking people's spare cash yeah. and so on and so we are acutely aware of all of that but we we can't press pause because otherwise the um, the funding the solutions and so on will um, not be there and people with ovarian cancer can't wait so. no they can't wait it's one way you want yeah. to um, intervene as soon as you can and i completely agree you know georgia and i are doing what we can to support different elements of offering something to the poor people in the ukraine whether it's in poland or mm-hmm. some frontier whatever else mm-hmm. but equally well just keep quietly peddling with what needs to go on here in the background because if you don't stay strong then you can't help anybody else so yeah. there's I mean, I was proud yeah. during, during as, as chair of the um, charity of Target Around Cancer, that when COVID hit, because we had such a good three-year plan and we knew exactly where we were heading, even though that was obviously a huge sort of force to, to, yes. to knock us off course, we you know, worked out exactly what we needed to carry on. And we had a, an emergency appeal at the beginning and, and so on. And actually, we ended up having our most successful year as a wow. charity um, and, and managed to get ourselves back on track to where we were we were heading and I think that's that's important uh, of knowing the direction of travel when things come and to take you off course so yes well I I suppose I hope the war in Ukraine has some sort of resolution yeah brought to bear by everybody else on on what's happening there and in the meantime it's back to supporting the hospitals and research work in this country is there a specific hospital in the UK which is specifically good at doing the research for ovarian cancer or is it spread around there are centers of excellence in the UK yeah that was what i needed the proper words <laughs> yes <laughs> centers of excellence uh, but our our uh, research grants we put out and invite people to apply for them right. and then we have a specialist medical advisory panel that uh, reviews them all and then makes recommendations to the board on which we should support so uh, right. how wonderful mm. cancer is moving on isn't it the treatments and solutions for it absolutely in fact there's a there's a um, an exhibition coming out at the science museum called cancer revolution which we were expert contributors to and i think that's launching soon but that charts the history from sort of what was very brutal treatments back in the day in the sort of mm. Victorian times to now great hope at the end of it, um, mm. which I think is is what we all need because you you know it's it isn't the jolliest of, of topics for us to be sitting chatting about, <laughs> but it's an important one, and and there is a lot of hope and there are. Do you know that's such an important yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah. Hope. Yeah. I mean that's what drives every single person in the world. Mm. It's hope. Hope for something better. Absolutely. And, and we have a, a, one of our wonderful supporters and, and ambassadors is now, I think she's about 16 years since she had her diagnosis. There are lots of happy stories too, so we mustn't forget that. No, no, there are happy stories. And I, I want my girlfriend who's to be a happy story Absolutely. because it's, it's some years after my 
Uh, my mother was diagnosed with it, which was again too late. She, I know looking back, mm. she'd ignored the symptoms because I think particularly as women, you sort of tend to carry on. Um, it's one of the traits which is perhaps not our strongest one. Yeah. I mean, I know that we did some research. I don't have these sort of stats, but you're probably relieved about that. Uh, 90% or so of women would cut out gluten and sort of give up bread and so on for a long period of time, thinking it was that was what was causing the, the bloating, rather than thinking about seeing whether it, they could have some more serious and and so you know we really need people to to recognize that symptom and then then you and I can put our head on our pillow tonight and think we've made a difference that that is something that I know motivates us both in terms of knowing that we're we're changing people's lives so if one person hearing this checks in checks in then job done yes no completely well and if somebody else gives you a little bit of money for target ovarian but I really hope that we can have a fun event here and a fundraiser, and I can persuade Judy to bring some of her Put laughter the... and lilting music from Mamma Mia to Downton Abbey. Absolutely. And I think... Put the fun into fundraising, <laughs> hey? <laughs> oh, you are the professional <laughs> fundraising. <laughs> I'm going to do that one. That's a very good one. I'm going to nick that idea off you. But yes, no, that, that would be fantastic, actually, and really something to look forward to. And I hope we could attract some people who'd like to laugh and dance and hear some good songs in the castle on a summer's evening or something. Irresistible. So really nice, don't you think? Definitely. It. Well, let's Thank put you. our heads together to do that. Emma, if anybody wants to find out a little bit more or seek some help from Target Ovarian, what is your website? Remind me. <laughs> it is www.targetovariancancer.org.uk. So that's targetovariancancer.org.uk Thank you Emma so so much for coming to see me today and I really hope we're working together in the future on some crazy mad event and let's get Judy down here. Thank you ladies Carnarvon that would be wonderful. Thank you.